I'm Dan Hebert, Financial Planning Program Director and Advisor to the Financial Planning Club here at MSU. And welcome to the Mad Money Talk podcast, podcast by students for students, helping you make the best choices you can with your money while you're still in school and also when you're getting started in your career. Topics will range from how to save money, how to invest, how to understand your benefits once you've entered your careers. And it's all in a fun environment. As you listen to each episode, jot down at least one thing you can apply today to make a difference in your money. Now, on with the show. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of MAV Money Talk. We've got a great session today. We're really thrilled to have as our guest, Carter Morissette. Um, He's going to share with you some findings and just his experience with employee benefits, benefit packages. So this episode is more geared towards students that are close to graduation. Maybe they're starting to get job offers, or maybe they're just graduated and are out looking. One of the things that Yes, we cover it in some of our course content here at um, Financial Planning Minnesota State, but a lot of students don't. So we're just going to share with you some findings and other stuff, too. And Carter's got a great story to share, and uh, we certainly want to hear from that as well. Um, so I'm going to turn it over to Aiden Ryan, um, who's going to take over from here, but we'll have a nice dialogue here as we move forward. So Aiden, take it away. Yeah, hello everyone. Um, one of the things I want to start with before we sort of get into the employer benefits and all of that, I want to ask Carter really quickly, what drew you to, or well, you can explain where you work and, and how you came there, your journey a little bit, but what really drew you culturally to that uh, firm? Because to me, you know, we hear all these people come into the financial planning club and they talk all the time about their culture. They talk about benefits too, but they also talk about their culture and why they're so great to work with and how they interact with clients. And I would just like to know what drew, what drew you, what do you look for in a company culture? Yeah. And so specifically for me, you know, I had, I'm 23 years old, so I'm a recent graduate and, um, you know, speaking about your club, I actually ran the finance club at my time down in Eau Claire. So I had a lot of opportunity to you know, meet and greet with a lot of different employers and actually, you know, have that opportunity as being the president to actually, you know, meet, um, you know, personally and be one of those uh, individuals that was kind of a touch point for a lot of uh, employers as well, too. So for me specifically, you know, working in the financial planning industry, um, I think a really big, you know, thing that I was looking for on the cultural side was more of a teamwork aspect. Um, Not that, you know, that isn't a thing that happens, but, you know, sometimes in the industry, there's, you know, clients that are specifically with, an advisor or specifically with many individuals. And, you know, as a new hire, it might be a little hard to, you know, get your foot in the door and getting getting in on that relationship. But what I found out that I really liked about Boule, so the firm that I work at, is that, you know, although there are partners, there are senior advisors, and, you know, I guess my official title to be an associate um, is, you know, for me to be able to actually get in on those meetings, get in on those relationships at a very, very um, young age and at a very, very um, initial point in my career, where, you know, when that transition does come, if I have start taking on my own clients or that transition comes from an advisor retiring, and now that I have that, um, that client specifically, you know, I already have a relationship for, you know, a number of years and a number of meetings as well, too. So I really look for a teamwork culture, um, you know, something where, you know, again, like I was saying, where you're, everybody's working together, and it's not just, you know, the individual and the client, it's more of a team process. And I think you can better serve a client in multiple aspects. Um, just being part of a team. Um, again, you can bounce ideas off of multiple heads. And 
you know, everybody know is a, you know, might be an expert in some little area in the financial planning space. So I think that teamwork culture and just, you know, the ability to be around people that are, you know, smarter than you and, you know, that, that, you know, that are work hard, it's just a, a really good environment to be able to learn from people with a lot more experience. And, you know, something people always say to me that, you know, being fresh out of college and, you know, learning about, you know, new and upcoming things, it's uh, good for them to learn from me just being a little bit younger and, you know, kind of some of the new industry um, standards that are coming up in, um, in the market as well, too. That's great, Carter. And um, thanks for sharing your experience on your college and kind of just getting started on that. So you came from Eau Claire. Yep. And I think the old motto was, if you don't care, go to Eau Claire. Yeah, like, if, if you've heard that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it's usually there. Yeah, if uh, if not there, you go to Eau Claire. Or, you know, when in <laughs> doubt, you go to Stout. I've, I've heard all of them, I promise. But I guess kind of even talking a little bit more about my college experience, you know, I and even kind of the reason why I chose, uh, you know, finance or financial literacy in general. Um, you know, growing up, my parents had a financial advisor and he kind of inspired me for the fact that, you know, you get to work with money, um, you know, you get to invest people's money, but you actually more so get to work with uh, people. So I kind of got on that, you know, little track of wanting to be in the financial planning space. Both my parents don't work in finance. My mom's a biologist and my dad does computer science. So everyone's like, did you learn it from your parents? I'm like, no, I just, you know, had a passion from my parents' advisor. And it seemed like, you know, the fact that you get to serve people in some way and, you know, get to work with money and relationships, I think was the coolest thing. But um, you know, I was very fortunate to, you know, apply to a bunch of different schools and get into a bunch of different schools. But the reason I chose Eau Claire was uh, just, you know, looking at the 529 plan, my parents like, here's how much money we save for you. This is how much money you get to use. If you go over, you get to take out loans. And I'm very fortunate that my parents had a 529 plan. But again, that kind of goes into their own individual financial planning for uh, my sister and myself. And, you know, I was able to come out of school um, with no debt because of the fact that I chose to go to a school that was a little bit more in my budget. But um, kind of going into why, um, you know, I chose finance and specifically the career financial planning when I was at Eau Claire, um, you know, I joined the finance club that was on campus. And uh, it's really cool for me because they actually had um, around a $30,000 investment portfolio. We were able to, again, have multiple speakers come in with different job opportunities, whether that was corporate finance, whether that was a wealth management, whether that was somebody working in investment bank, and you kind of got the, all pillars of the financial world. And so one, it allowed me to be, you know, at a young age as a freshman, being able to listen to a bunch of different experiences. And on the side of the portfolio management side, we got to, you know, do stock pitches and invest real money um, at a risk-free to the students and uh, be able to build a portfolio. And so I thought it was such a great opportunity to be part of a club like that. And then um, throughout the years, once I was a you know later sophomore um, into junior year, that's when I ended up joining the board, um, working on the wealth management side of the financial planning club. And then when the time came um, and we were doing elections, you know, I had such a big impact on me being in that club that I wanted to you know be the president. And honestly, during COVID, the you know the the finance club went through a little bit of a, a drop off in the student retention rate. And you know, I thought as my last year would be a great idea to, you know, try to take over the club, revive it. So when I pass it down to the next individuals, they actually had a pretty good start because I was one of the few people that were still in the club um, from freshman to senior year. And I knew what that club was like at its glory days. So um, that's the reason why, you know, I kind of, I chose Claire a lot of it for the cost effectiveness and the medium sized school, which is super nice to be able to know your professors. But um, joining a club, I think was a super, super big thing because it, you know, gave me a lot of the opportunities that I now have today. And I don't think I would have those without joining the, the club. 
Yeah, that's that's awesome. And I know Aiden, you kind of started as a freshman and now you're kind of working your way up. So I'm sure you can um, identify with a lot of those things that um, that Carter was just saying. Yeah, for sure. It's very interesting to, you know, especially Carter briefly touched on the attendance drop off after COVID. So I joined the year after COVID. So, I, well, I, actually, when we came back, we were still masked and it was a little bit odd. Everyone was still kind of afraid to be in the same space. But, you know, now we're seeing that rebirth and in, in attendance and drive with the, the organization. So, yeah. So how did you land at uh, where you're at today, Carter, did you now? what was your search like? Did you have a lot of offers or, I mean, what was, what was the atmosphere like then? Yeah. Yeah, of course. So again, like with a lot of financial clubs, um, you know, you're usually having some sort of speaker, some sort of maybe case study come in. And, you know, one thing that used to happen pre COVID was that we would be able to go and tour offices in the Minneapolis and Chicago region. But without that happening, that was unfortunate post COVID, but um, you know, being in the finance club, we had a lot of finance and accounting students. So whether they were just double majors or their finance and or accounting. Um, and so a little bit of the roots of Boulé, um, Boulé is actually rooted in the accounting side. So the CPA and audit and um, there it's a 90 year old year old business, a great name. Um, and uh, what ended up happening was after so many years of so many tax clients that were you know, refer me to a financial planner. Do you have an advisor? Boulay thought it was a great idea to open up their own arm and start their own financial planning um, arm. So within my search, when I was looking for speakers to come, um, I was usually trying to look for some, you know, speaker, some company that kind of served both, you know, and with Boulay having the, you know, the CPA as well as the financial planning arm, it was just a best of both worlds to have a speaker to come in that would be, you know, that wouldn't, for the accounting students to specifically talk about wealth management. And on the other end, it wouldn't bore the finance people who were just talking about, you know, the CPA. So it was a great, actually the best of both worlds, because when we got, you know, speakers coming in that were on the audit and tax side, and we had individuals coming in that were speaking about the wealth management team, the investment team, the financial planning and all that. And so when I ended up bringing in the speakers, um, you know, it was kind of over a number of, uh, you know, semesters that we ended up having Boulay come in and speak. Um, originally, they spoke the first time pre-COVID, and I thought it was a really, really cool business. And I knew once uh, I became president again that, you know, I, I it sounded like I really liked how they, you know, were saying that they were doing their business and was like, this is a great opportunity to have them come in and speak again. And then my senior year as well, I had a wealth management class and we were doing case studies. And at that time, I was getting pretty, you know, connected, um, you know, starting to apply for jobs at Boulay. And I actually ended up connecting with one of the advisors and, you know, kind of told them about our wealth management class. And you know, how we're always looking for advisors to come down and speak, maybe bring a case study and go through it. And um, Boulay came down and did a case study. And, you know, compared to some of the other advisors, I just thought Boulay did a great job of explaining how they do financial planning. And I really liked how, you know, some of the technology that they had as well, too. And, you know, it really made me, um, you know, continue to want to apply and pursue to work there. And uh, when the time came to apply for a job, um, you know, I was able to, you know, get the interview, get the job, luckily. But I think a lot of that goes back to having that willingness of, you know, being a leader in the club and having a longer term relationship for them. Um, you know, throughout college, I, you know, worked at a wealth management firm um, in Eau Claire for an internship. And I actually ended up working um, in the cor corporate finance space one summer as well, too. You know, although I was really, really set on being in the wealth management space, I knew I had to try corporate finance. Um, as an internship and kind of a risk-free environment to know that, you know, I really wanted to stick with that wealth management space. So it's a little piece of advice, you know, if you're really stuck on 
some, there's a lot of stuff to do in finance. So I really, you know, suggest, you know, if you're a little bit younger or you know, even if you're graduating, maybe, you know, it's fine to take an internship, um, you know, out of college. I actually was supposed to be an intern upon graduation, but luckily enough, you know, through the relationship and my seriousness with wanting to be a Fule, um, I was able to, you know, kind of overstep that internship and become a full-time hire. So I think being an intern is, is great. And, you know, it gives you a good experience to, you know, or it gives you a good experience to get an idea of, like we were talking about company culture. And if you really do like the company that um, you're, you're working with as well, too. Yeah. And I think you really touched on a good point on the internships. And I totally agree 100%. You know, students will come and ask, you know, should I take this internship, internship or should I look at this one versus this? And I said, just take one. Find out what it's, you know, obviously you want to think things through. I'm not saying you should just blindly take it. But I think when you take it, you're going to find out what you like and what you don't like. And I think hats off to you for the corporate um, finance part too. You'll always, I think, find somewhere to use that experience, even when you're in wealth management, if you have small business clients and things like that. So I think you'll leverage some of that experience, I'm sure, uh, as you move forward. Yeah, and I can definitely, I can definitely say that it was a totally different job than what I'm doing now. But it's, uh, it, it makes me, it makes me really grateful that I tried it out and that I stuck with wealth management because you know it, it would have been a, you know, would have been an experience that uh, you know I maybe have regretted not actually doing it when I was, uh, you know, many years from now. Yeah, well, and just the people aspect of wealth management, you know, you're you're not sitting in front of a, a laptop all day, a computer screen. If you, if you like that, great. But, you know, wealth management, you're out talking to people, helping people make progress in their finances and their lives in general. So exactly. exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. So talk a little bit about, you know, we'll switch gears just a little bit and talk about benefits and employee benefits. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I brought this up is, again, I think that I'm not sure if students factor this in when they're looking at their um, next career. And what are some of the ins and outs that you think, um, you know, what are some of the typical components? Maybe just start from square one. Yeah. Um, I mean, so I might not be the best at explaining it just because I'm new in the business, but, you know, some things that, you know, I was looking for and one things that we actually had a kind of a little seminar on benefits as well in college, because it is a really important um, part of that job search that many people don't think about. Whereas a lot of people maybe look at that base salary and you know, like, oh, I have this, you know, number here, but the benefits are on top of that. It's not a number that you can actually see. But I think some of the biggest ones, um, you know, one that I was looking at was of course, you know, 401k, um, you know, having a match, is it a profit share? Even within the 401k, can you do a Roth 401k? Is it a traditional 401k? Are there strategies for later on in your life where you can do, you know, backdoor, you know, mega 401k contributions that, you know, those are some things that, you know, you're able to put away money in a, you know, a retirement account that, again, is, you know, beneficial for you and efficient in the tax base for you. You know, if you're able to take advantage of, you know, different accounts like the traditional versus the Roth or vice versa, that can actually change your landscape on the taxation later on. Um, I think another major one, too, is looking at, you know, your health insurance. Um, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I still live with my parents and I'm still on their health insurance and I have a little sister. So but, you know, one thing that I was looking at for from the Boulay's perspective was and just in general for jobs is, you know, do they have a high deductible plan that has an HSA? Do they also have an option for, you know, someone that's maybe a little bit younger that might be more beneficial for a lower deductible plan? 
and you know being able to kind of weigh those options as well. Um, one thing that we talked about too, or we talked about a little bit, was uh, specifically in the finance space, and you'll get it in a lot of different jobs. Is that there's the um, you know the additional education. Um, you know, for me, I had to get licensed. Um, you know, for me, I could take the CFP, CMT, CFA, a bunch of different licenses, and this spreads you know even to um, you know, nursing or doctors, doctorates, you know, you, you have to, there's some form of additional education. And if the firm that you work for, the company you work for um, is willing to pay for it or willing to cover some of that cost, that's something that isn't included on top of your salary. And that's something that people miss out on a lot. So I looked for that because I knew working in this industry that I wanted to get extra license um, post-graduation. I also yeah, would also it, take, sorry, keep going. Oh, no, I was just going to say, um, how about we just maybe take just a, a brief step back um and there's a lot of non-finance and not maybe yeah. some non-business majors that are in here so how about explain a little bit what a 401k is and and maybe hsa and education help and i totally yeah. agree education help for me when i was at ameriprise i think it's still the same but most firms provide $5,250. And that number has not changed since forever. Yeah, that is and correct. So, yeah. And I use that every single year. I got my master's degree mm -hmm. using that as part of it. I got my PhD using part of it. So man, if you're not taking advantage of that extra education help, you're leaving money on the table because yeah. it's absolutely free. And yes, it will cost you time, but just think about your career advancement. And I think it's just great. So anyway, um, maybe explain just a little bit yeah. What exactly is a 401k? So start us yeah, off. So, yeah. So the best way that I explain the 401k, it's a, you know, an employer sponsored investment plan. And so the money comes directly out of your paycheck. Um, right now, the limits are around a little bit north of $20,000. Um, so what you're able to do is that you're able to elect every single pay period. And that can be a certain percentage or that can be a certain lump sum of your paycheck that gets invested into your company's plan. So one thing that I would like to say is that, you know, you can choose, you know, your specific investments if you want to, or you can either work with, you know, a financial advisor, or you can do some of the, your own research to choose some of the investments, but you're able to put dollars away um, for retirement. And so there's kind of sometimes two different 401ks. So there's a traditional 401k where you put those dollars in and you actually get to lower your income so that your taxes are lower in this current year. Versus a Roth, um, just like a Roth IRA, IRA as well, too, where you put dollars in now, you pay the taxes. And so when you pull those dollars out later, um, you're actually not taxed on those dollars. Um, that's always a conversation on your current tax bracket and how much how much money you make. But it's good to know that, you know, a lot of employees, a lot or I should say a lot of employers um, are actually matching a lot of your 401k. So let's say, you know, employer has a 4% match. Well, if you put 4% of your salary in, um, your employer will actually additionally invest another 4% on top of that. So in theory, you're actually putting in 8% of your um, income year over year. So that's actually uh, pretty nice to have um, some sort of a match. I'm switching over to an HSA. So that's a health savings account. Um, these accounts are actually, you know, really, really cool. Um, they like to say that it's actually triple taxed or a triple, triple tax benefit, as in you put the dollars in, you it actually lowers your taxable income. The money grows tax-free and whenever you use the money and take it out you don't have to pay any money on the taxes but what's really um, interesting about this hsa again the health savings account is that it's only to be used for medical expenses 
So that's say you go to the doctor, that's say, you know, you have some sort of a medical emergency, you're paying for, you know, um, medicine in a way, and it's able a way to put money in that you can use for those qualified expenses on that end of it. Um, one thing that's pretty interesting a lot of the times is that you can actually, um, you know, save your receipts from medical bills and expenses. And if you're able to pay it out of pocket, um, you can use those receipts, you know, five or 10 years from now. So some people look at it as it in some way of an emergency fund, but um, those accounts are super, super beneficial to put dollars in a way um, at a young age, because again, a lot of the tax savings on it and the ability for that money to grow in a tax efficient manner is uh, super beneficial to one's, uh, you know, overall financial plan too. Yeah. And that's crazy about the HSA. I mean, you can save your, like you say, you can save your receipts. And if you have expenses and you didn't tap into your HSA, you can, even though they didn't happen in that tax year, which, you know, I'm not an expert on the tax code, but man, I can't think of any other situation where you can go back in time. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a couple, but this is um, pretty unique on yeah. how you can do that. And I think you can roll over whatever the IRA contribution amount is one time. I think that's another just kind of a weird benefit if you wanted to if you had too much in there, you could just roll it. And there's a lot of cool things that can happen when you get to be 65, but we're going to kind of stay in the college student areas. So yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. 40 years from now. Yeah, so you don't have to yeah. worry about that quite yet. But yeah, no, yeah. those accounts are really beneficial. Um, usually, I'd say most employers have a 401k, and I can't speak to the HSA side of things because, again, everybody's health insurance is different, but at least at my employer, they have an HSA. And you know, when I have to, you know, pay for my home health insurance, that is something I'm going to definitely take advantage of just because of the taxation, like we said, and that, you know, that tax-free growth on the on those dollars that can, again, be beneficial for, you know, number of years for yourself. Yeah. And would you go so far as to say, you know, if you're out there in your job search and you're comparing opportunities, um, could that be a differentiator as one has an HSA and maybe one has another Talk, talk I, you know, I, I personally think so. Um, you know, I, you know, at some employers, they actually do some sort of a match on an HSA as well, too, as even on their 401k. Um, you know, I always like to look at it as let's say you're, you're making $60,000 and another job is making $60,000. And those intangibles that you can't see on the salary, like that HSA, like that 401k, and specifically maybe that 401k match, those are the things that actually bump up your salary where, you know, maybe you're making 60,000, but in reality, you might be making 68,000 because you're getting a bunch of free dollars um, from your employer. So I would say that's something that's, you know, really, you know, beneficial in the matter that, you know, to look at into the, you know, your job search or just the benefits in general, because again, you know, if you don't have that option, then you're missing out on one, just saving extra money, but two, even just the tax savings for the, you know, for your lifelong tax bill. Yeah. And did you, when you were looking at opportunities, did you factor that in? You know, I, I didn't really factor that in fully. Um, one, I was really, really set on working for Boulay, um, kind of a little thing on the side. And I always tell, you know, I, I always tell people that I, you know, talk to about my company that, you know, being the president of the club, you know, I had a lot of different opportunities um, to go to a lot of different, you know, wealth management and financial planning um, spots. And, Again, a lot of the, some of the benefit, a lot of the benefits are really the same. You know, maybe a, a different employer had a one percent more four hundred one k match, or maybe you know their HSA was structured a little bit differently, or their medical. But um, specifically, you know, for Boulay, you know, this is a company that you know I, I built a really good connection with, and um, knew they had you know a, a, a you know a pretty good lineup of you know their their retirement packages. So 
or their benefits package, I should say. So it wasn't a huge factor, but um, a lot of them are pretty comparable, but more so the fact that I had a really good relationship with the firm that I, you know, chose to pick them. Gotcha. And so maybe kind of switching gears just a little bit, put yourself in the shoes of a junior or senior and you're starting your job search. You've maybe touched on it a little bit, yeah. but what should they look for in a benefits package? So, so they're looking at their overall compensation, like you say, yeah. adding up those benefits, but maybe talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. And so kind of just going through that, um, I mean, again, you know, kind of use the base, like, Hey, if you're making, you know, the salaries, $60,000 for, you know, the exact same job, it's just, you know, different companies, you know, looking for that 401k match, looking for that HSA and, you know, making sure that you're asking these questions during the interview, because it might not be laid out right in front of you, super clear to say, to see, do you guys pay, you know, ask those questions. Do you guys pay for, you know, extra education? Do you guys cover, um, you know, licensing for, you know, other items that you might end up coming up throughout your career? And even one, too, that, you know, might be more and more and, um, you know, something that is becoming kind of prevalent more and more is even just the ability to, you know, have some flexibility in your work schedule. Um, you know, wondering if there's the ability to, you know, work from home uh, part time or, you know, even how much vacation you have. Um, again, you know, that's not really, you know, included on the specific benefits side of things, but. Being able to, you know, at least at my firm, you know, we're being a little bit younger. I try to be in the office as much as I can because I think it is beneficial to, you know, grow and learn with, you know, some of your new employees as well as the senior employees that you work with as well, too. But having that ability, you know, on a snowy day, not having to drive in and, you know, be able to do work, you know, from a safe environment is a, you know, kind of a benefit that a lot of people might may overlook um, in some aspect of it. But it's a it's a benefit that you know, one, I think benefits employees on that act of it, of having that flexibility as well, too. So um, just outside of the monetary on the 401k and HSAs and different things like that, I think it's even important to, you know, ask questions about, um, you know, vacation and even just on the fact if you're able to have some flexibility in that, you know, this kind of new and ever-evolving environment of working from home or kind of that uh, hybrid environment. Yeah. And what's, um, what's your situation? Do they allow you some, maybe you said this and I just, yeah, yeah. So I have a pretty, pretty good flexibility. Um, you know, my requirement is to be in the office three to four days a week, but again, that can, you know, change, you know, again, about two weeks ago or two or three weeks ago, or even around Christmas as well too, uh, you were having a bunch of snowstorms. And so, you know, the offices were closed and, you know, probably years ago in a way, like people would probably still have to dredge into the office, even though it was super snowy, but you know, for me personally, I think, you know, I, I try to get into the office at least, you know, three days a week, but it's closer to four. Um, again, it is client dependent too, if I'm having a lot of client meetings and, you know, my client meetings are, you know, in person, you know, that, that might end up being a five day week in the office. And I've definitely had those. But when I first started out, and although I was given the option to work virtually, you know, I, I spent those first three, four months, you know, coming into, coming into the office every single day. Just because, again, you know, I was a new face, I wanted to get in front of people and, you know, I wanted to, you know, make a good impression of, you know, wanting to be in the office because, um, you know, I was really lucky to my internships were in person, even through COVID, which is really unheard of, at least the place that I um, worked at. But, you know, I had friends that, you know, you know, worked virtual during um, COVID for their internships or even continue to work virtual. And, you know, it seems like, you know, we're kind of talking about culture in a way, I think that's really hard to build a culture, get a sense of culture if you're um, constantly virtual because uh, you're not kind of around everybody um, on a day-to-day -day basis. And, you know, just the little things of asking how people's weekends are, asking, you know, 
you know, plans after work, it's it's a lot more natural, of course, to be in person than doing it over um, video. Oh, yeah, totally agree. And I think what you said makes total sense. And, you know, hats off to them for allowing you that flexibility. And yeah. I think that, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think your clients sometimes appreciate the virtual connection too. Yeah. You know, they don't have to get in their car and drive and they don't have to find a babysitter if they have kids and maybe they had a stressful day at work or it's traffic yeah, no, jam coming in. So, yeah. I think it's also allowed, you know, not just our, you know, firm, but also all, you know, the industry in general to expand because yes, you, I mean, we've served clients that might be snowbirds that are down in Arizona or Florida, right. some Southern state in the winter. And, you know, they don't want to make a, a flight home for, you know, an hour, an hour or so meeting. That might just be more beneficial for us as a meet virtually as well, too. So it's allowed our business to, you know, um, at least, you know, I wasn't here before, but, you know, from my understanding, it's allowed our business to expand in different ways. Um, and so I think that's just, you know, great flexibility for now. And, you know, hopefully it continues to expand in the future as well. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Um, you know, just Robert, getting, getting Dan, go ahead. Aiden. You mind if I, you mind if I ask me a quick question? Absolutely. So I got a question for you. You mentioned the convenience factor, you know, and that's, that's huge. And it's really, uh, well, convenient in this digital yeah. world, but do you find it a little bit harder to communicate with clients virtually, or is it, you know, just a little bit easier? Has have people sort of adapted to the, the zoom meeting and thing like that mm -hmm. and got a lot more comfortable or is it yeah. still a different? That's a, that's a really good question. I actually was, you know, talking to some of this, someone about this the other day. And so for me as a new advisor, that's, you know, really, you know, a sub advisor in a lot of these meetings or an associate. So, and that aspect of it, you know, I'm not sitting there specifically leading the client, you know, for me personally, like my little flair. And I, I also work on our investment committee and do some of the trading on that end. So, you know, when I do speak a lot of times, it's about, you know, por their portfolio, you know, specific portfolio changes that are happening. But to go back to your question, um, you know, it's really hard for a young advisor, in my opinion, to, you know, meet with clients virtually because you kind of miss out on that. And you know, I feel like you miss out on some of that small talk um, aspect of things and getting to know each other a little bit, because a lot of these virtual meetings, you know, it's set at an exact time, um, even get a notification when there's five minutes left in the meeting, you know, it's kind of almost down to business. That's what I feel like, in my opinion. Yes, you know, I've been able mm -hmm. to meet with clients virtual multiple times and, you know, it's gotten better and better, but I've found that the clients that come into, you know, meeting in person, it's a little bit more laid back. There's a little bit more small talk. Um, you know, maybe the advisor has to go grab, you know, something real quick. And, you know, I'm kind of stuck there, you know, with, you know, one-on-one -on -one of these clients for five minutes. And, you know, it's a good opportunity for me to, you know, kind of personally get to know them a little bit more than just outside of, you know, the relationship and reading through old meeting notes. So I really do say that, yes, I, the flexibility is great, but I think, you know, if just in general, any initial relationship, uh, whether that's in this business or just in general in the world, like being able to meet in person, you know, for the first few times is, I think it's really going to, you know, make that relationship really sound and also last a long time. Got it. Um, other questions, Aiden? Not that I can think of right now. No. Do you have one? You know, the only, it's not necessarily a question, but more kind of a helpful tip. Um, and, you know, Carter brought up asking um, in the interview process about benefits and even some of the more um, intangible benefits like vacation. And I think um, a suggestion would be, you know, sometimes when you're in the, and I've interviewed for a fair number of jobs here, so I learned the hard way on this, but I think it's, I think it's good to bring it up for sure. No question about that. But I think sometimes you, you kind of what they call have to ask permission 
to get the benefit. So for instance, your conversation could go, you know, I really like what I hear. I think it's really great. I love your teamwork. Um, if I could just talk a little bit about the economics for this job, just to make sure that I'm making a good economic decision and a financial decision. So can you talk a little bit about the benefits you offer? That would be, and then say, and how about, you know, things like vacation and remote work? What, what are your policies on that? So I think sometimes instead of just saying, you know, do you guys offer vacation? Or do you guys, you know, hey, if I want to work remote, can I do that? I think just launching into that abruptly, you just really maybe want to have a, a few com uh, sentences before that, before you dive Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I mean, you know, the, the remote work wasn't something that was, you know, a must for me. You know, I just, you know, luckily enough, that's, you know, that's something that, you know, the, the firm has here. But I totally agree with that, you know, not going up and straight asking, do you guys offer remote work? Because that could be a huge red flag. You know, right. well, we're going to hire some person that just wants to work remote 24 seven. Like what's, what's the point of hiring? Like, I, like in, in the nicest way, like I, I, although some people may be great that they work from home and, you know, both my parents work from home they said they're the most productive ever. I'm like, okay, sure. But you know, <laughs> it's, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's really beneficial and it honestly like, crazy to sound. I think it actually separates yourself nowadays wanting to be able to come in person. And it might actually be the difference maker between you not getting that callback and you getting that callback just for the fact. But I think bringing it up in a different manner than just asking straight out, like Daniel said over here, that it's it's really, really uh, beneficial to ask about it in a different way than just being, you know, straight to that point of, do you guys offer that work from home option? or not, but usually I think it can come up in some natural conversation for sure. Sure, yeah, and like that's an excellent way to put it too, you know, just not abrupt and point blank. Um, but, you know, it's important, you have to ask it, you just have to figure out the right way. So, um, totally agree. Um, so any kind of parting thoughts, Carter, on employee benefits and the college student and- Yeah. Of course. Yeah. So I think some of, you know, maybe this doesn't really relate to the employee benefits that much, but, you know, when you're starting your job search or you're in the job search, doesn't matter if you're, you know, you're a freshman wanting to, you know, freshman hoping to get an internship or just even a graduate looking for their first um, full-time job. I think it's, you know, always important to, you know, apply to a bunch of different places and have a willingness to, again, you know, get comfortable with getting uncomfortable, um, you know, even trying out and going to, you know, career fairs, maybe it's not the job that you're going for, but, you know, get in some habit of, you know, learning to talk to a lot of these HR individuals. And a lot of these HR individuals are willing to talk to you. Of course, they're, they're coming to you to hire you. Go to them. You know, maybe it's not the job that you want, but go to them, talk to them, you know, ask about their benefits. Because one, you can also just keep a list of different companies like, oh, this is what, you know, their benefits are. Maybe I like how that benefit package is, you know, weighted versus a different company as well. But I think just another one in general is that, you know, just have a willingness to wanting to learn, um, again, whether that's just, whether that's in the wealth management space, whether that's in finance, whether that's just in any different, um, you know, industry, you know, have a willingness to learn. Um, I think that will take you really far and have a willingness to want to meet with different individuals and, and really that learning aspect and that, you know, prove to show that you have that hard work and even just to have that, um, you know, that ability to want to learn. Again, I, you know, going through college and going through school, of course, there's a bunch of things I learned in the classroom that, you know, it's, you know, cliche to say, like, I learned so many things on the job, but 
I can say that, you know, for sure in the last, you know, about year that I've been working um, for, for my firm, that there's a lot of things that I learned in the classroom um, that, you know, helped me with my job, but there's so many more things that I've learned outside of the classroom that have, again, just propelled me to the level where I'm at now. And it's honestly amazing looking back about a year ago of how much more knowledge that I've gained um, specifically in this industry outside of the classroom. So having that willingness to learn and having that ability to, you know, want to work hard, I think will just take you far in any industry and, you know, will just only make you better and only have your stock, your, your, your own individual stock will rise, um, to, you know, higher and higher as you get um, older and, you know, as well as just further into your career. Spoken like a true finance person. That of course, you got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I couldn't agree more. I think, um, you know, just having that learning, I call it informal learning, where you can sure learn a lot outside of the classroom, like you say. Um, so Aiden, any qu final questions? I don't have a final question, but I, I do want to comment on that phrase you yeah. said that I really liked. He said, uh, Carter, you said you got to be comfortable with discomfort. And I really like that because I feel like, you know, we get too comfortable these days. The answers are all you know, a Google search away and all that stuff. And so really putting yourself in those positions to to learn and to grow. I mean, it it, it can be painful to grow and stuff like that. Yeah, so no, that was really well put. It's, it's a, it's a big there. thing. Yeah. And that kind of really roots of just the whole career fair thing. And, you know, like I, as the president of my finance club, I would like force the freshman to go and like, you know, like I was like, take a picture of me mm -hmm. talking to somebody because again, it's that you don't want to be a junior or senior, like, you know, looking for an internship or for a job and being like, I have no idea how to talk to an employer at a career fair. Why not go out for a couple, you know, free test runs freshman and sophomore year and get those jitters out. And maybe even you make a connection and, you know, they recognize you two years from now, because again, those are things that, you know, might not matter to you, but they do matter in the long run, in my opinion. And, you know, personally, it, it helped me out um, for me in my young career. And, you know, it's something that I always just say, again, it's something that separates you from your peers, just like, joining the club, even listening to this podcast, you know, separates you from the peers just to make you just that little bit better. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better. And I really, I'm going to totally steal that too. You know, that career fairs, it's kind of like you just said, they're, they're kind of a safe environment to just have those kind of, because they're, you know, probably not going to remember you and, but you want to have that experience of talking to someone about jobs, about positions, about things like that. So I totally, uh, totally agree. Um, let me just kind of pull together my thoughts on our talk today. Thank you again for taking time. Here's what I've got down. You can keep me honest here if I'm missing anything. Um, but, you know, you kind of started off with, with you know, looking. Yes, we're a, a money podcast and we're finance and financial planning people. But, you know, there's intangibles like culture and some of those qualitative aspects just to make sure that you're fitting well and you chose a place where they have good a good team approach and good culture. Um, second is having internship flexibility is how I put it. Maybe you put it differently, but I think having taking an internship to see what you like and don't like, I think it's pretty expected. And maybe you like it and you want to stick in that area, or maybe you find out that, hey, this isn't the area. So there could be somewhat of a trial and error approach to internships, but certainly be thoughtful about it. Um, but, you know, don't you know, waste hours of sleepless nights. Should I take this one or, or not? You might just have to step out of your comfort zone, like you're saying, mm -hmm. um, and, and be, have some discomfort. Um, look for benefits when you're out into your job search, you know, 
do it in a tactful way, asking these questions. But you know, some of the ones that Carter highlighted, which I think are make total sense, are um, ha having a 401k. This will help you save for retirement. It'll save for you'll save money on your taxes. You'll also get free money from the employer through matches. And sometimes even too, if it's a profit sharing, you'll get profit sharing contributions on top of that. <laughs> At Ameriprise, we had a match and we had a profit sharing contribution, both 15% total. Um, so, you know, it's pretty significant. Then look for group health. And I know uh, college students are completely indestructible. Um, you know, so <laughs> well, maybe not really, um, but uh, look for group health, group health plans. HSAs are really kind of the king health savings account. It's kind of a savings component and a healthcare component together. And you'll be able to do pre-tax contributions. And like Carter said, you've got that triple tax benefit uh, that you can approach. Education funding. So a tuition reimbursement is what they call it. And you know, if you're not taking advantage of that by furthering your career, by learning more, as Carter said, you know, always you always want to be that person with that growth mindset to say, hey, I don't know everything. I want to learn more. Hey, here's five thousand plus dollars for you to go and take a class or maybe get a degree outside of that. And yes, it's going to cost time, but you'll be able to move up the career ladder and have a really nice career by having that more education. There's also some other benefits too, maybe a little bit more secondary, but things like group life, life insurance that you can take, disability insurance can be offered too. So you know, there's other types of plans. There's a flexible. Um, benefit account called a, pl a 125 plan, which allows you to do parking and other types of fringe benefits. So, you know, that could also be added on there as well. And as Carter said, maybe some vacation time, sick uh, time, pay, um, remote, all those things could also be part of that package as well. And, and that's kind of what Carter mentioned kind of last is you have to make sure you, that you're looking at compensation from the total compensation package. So not just salaries and potential bonuses, but look for some of these employee benefits as well in that total benefit package, because there's tax benefits, there's other types of free money benefits. So make sure that you can take advantage of those and you have a good understanding. So when you're comparing offers, you've got, you can compare apples to apples. Um, and then just be like kind of closing up, be willing to step out of your comfort zone, be comfortable with discomfort. I think that's, a lie, don't totally steal again, just like Aiden. Um, you've got to have that willingness to learn um, and just kind of being in the office sometimes too. Yes, remote. I will say I sure get a lot more done remote than I do in the office, but that's just me. Uh, but, you know, there are times where you got to be in, you got to collaborate, you got to talk and, you know, it's just going to be so much better um, when you're when you're face to face. So you guys, did I miss anything? I don't think you I did. Think I, think so. you, I think you hit it right on the right on the head right there. That's a it's a great recap. Great. Well, Carter, listen, this has just been fantastic. This is a really great session for us. Thank you again for taking your time, and you'll definitely be a fixture in our financial planning and college of business here. So much much appreciated. Um, and you take care and have a good day. And Aiden, yeah. thank you again for your time and attention as well. Yep, I appreciate you guys too. It's always a pleasure being able to, you know, share some knowledge. So you guys have a good rest of your day and, uh, you know, I hope to see you guys in the near future. Sounds good, Carter. Thank you. Well, that's our episode for today. Thank you very much for listening. Hopefully you found one thing you can apply today to make progress with your money. In future episodes, we'll introduce something called Your Blueprint. 
which will be a way for you to capture some of the things you've learned over the episodes into a document you can refer to as you plan your way. And if you have any ideas for our team to cover, please drop us a line. We'd love to cover it for you. And if you liked our episode, again, thank you for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast, share the podcast, or tell a friend about it, rate and review the podcast, and please stay tuned for more Mav Money Talks. Have a great day.